With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Child Protective Services, Department of Child Safety. It's the same entity, but different states refer to CPS or DCS under different titles or different names. Right. So that being said, we're going to be talking about Child Protective Services, which is the more universal term, but in Arizona, it is DCS. Now, again, the state laws differ state to state in terms of what the regulations are for removal, reunification, and so forth. So we are primarily going to be talking about Arizona. However, these will be applicable to some other states and so forth. This is to give you a general and broad overview of how intervention from Child Protective Services which is how I'm going to refer to it rather than DCS because Mm -hmm. it is more familiar known as Child Protective Services, how it impacts adoption when they intervene or join into the decision-making behalf. And we're splitting this up into two parts because this is really a big topic. It's a topic that we have not as a podcast directly and wholly addressed and It's an important topic because we do see mothers that ultimately do choose to let the state take custody of their child rather than place for adoption, even when they have an adoption plan. So because this can and has happened across the United States, I think it's really important to make sure that our listeners have an understanding of what's going on, the whys, hows, whens, what, and where's. So jumping into that. Sometimes when women are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, there's not always a favorable option. In other words, they, they have an unplanned pregnancy, they have chosen life, so they've chosen to not have an abortion, which we very much appreciate and applaud them for. Mm-hmm. They're kind of hemming and hawing about adoption, and you know they really didn't know throughout their pregnancy what to do. 
at that point, when, when push comes to shove, they may start thinking things like, okay, well, you know, I have been using uh, substances or drugs throughout my pregnancy and CPS may get involved when I'm at the hospital. And so all these things are going through their head. So other moms may choose life and have a solid adoption plan. They may have bonded with the adoptive family. They may have solidified their commitment to their adoption journey throughout their pregnancy. And some women get to the hospital and have done nothing at all. They have not made an adoption plan. They didn't even entertain the thought that CPS may become involved in their life. And so we're going to look at, like I said, different scenarios and how they can impact each other and what we see as an agency. So first and foremost, obviously going the CPS route versus going the adoption plan route are very different, very, very different. In some instances, we have seen birth mothers make the decision to work with DCS while others choose to continue along their adoption plan. And it's a personal choice. And we need to make sure that, like I said, we explain why, how, what, when, and where. Because if you're an adoptive family and your birth mother, whom you've been supporting and working with, and you've been building this relationship, chooses DCS after she delivers at the hospital, that can be devastating and confusing. And you may very well be looking for answers. And hopefully today we can provide some. That's what we're here to do. That is what we're here to do. So when a birth mother chooses to make an adoption plan, it is presumed that she will follow the course of her intended and her commitment to her adoption plan. However, we have seen situations where CPS will step into the birth mother's room, the hospital room after she delivers Mm -hmm. and explains to the birth mother, they are going to take custody of the baby and the baby will be leaving the hospital with CPS rather than leaving the hospital with the birth mother. If that happens and the birth mother has not told the hospital social worker or the CPS worker, Hey, I have an adoption plan. Mm -hmm. Then the DCS worker at that time may have no knowledge of her adoption plan. This is where the agency or attorney can step in and say, hey, wait, mom has an adoption plan and she's not planning on taking the baby home. Again, this can kind of throw a monkey wrench in because when you are a birth mother and if you have an adoption plan and it, your, it's your commitment in your head, you're, you're 100%, you know, almost like going through a maze. Like, you know where you're going, you know exactly what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, bam, you hit a wall. Like, right. wait a minute. I didn't see that coming. When people say CPS, Child Protective Services, a lot of people, I would say maybe even most people who are not social workers or who have not had experience or have a good understanding kind of get that cringy feeling in, inside like, oh, oh, they're going to take my baby or, oh, yeah, what's going to happen now? I don't want my baby going into foster care. I don't want my baby going into, you know, a, a group home or, I mean, everything starts to flood flood their mind. Right. And um, at this point in time, like you say, they're in the hospital and emotions are running high as it is. So I'm sure everything is confusing. Up. Right. Absolutely. We're going to actually back up a little bit and, and talk about why CPS may even get involved. So when a birth mother goes into a hospital and she delivers a baby, if there is a suspicion of drug use on behalf of the birth mother, the uh, hospital does uh, a drug screen on 
the birth mother, and then they will do a drug screen on the baby. If either of those test positive, they will do a call to the child abuse hotline as they are a mandatory reporter. Another reason that they may call and file a report with the child abuse hotline is for lack of prenatal care. When they are receiving prenatal care, it is logged into a system. And so the hospital can pull up the records from the OBGYN that the birth mother has gone to. And if there's nothing there, then that is also uh, grounds for filing a report with the child abuse hotline, at least in the state of Arizona. If the hospital has knowledge that there is DCS involvement with other children, they may have other children in care, they may have had this mother deliver at their hospital before, and they may have seen her over and over again. And so again, that would be another reason to call and say, hey, I don't know the status of her case, but she just delivered a baby. There may be external reports made to the child abuse hotline, uh, maybe a probation officer called if they're on probation for some reason or another, maybe the doctor's office called, maybe a family member called. I mean, you just, there could be an external report. There could be activity at the hospital that is concerning to the hospital staff that would prompt them to call. Uh, an example of that would be, let's say the boyfriend is there and he has a drug paraphernalia in an open bag as they walk in, or he walks in and is saying things that would cause alarm. Right. Maybe it's the that they are interacting with the baby that is very concerning. Uh-huh. Another situation would be if you had an incarcerated birth mother that delivered, um, was transported from the prison or jail to the hospital and didn't have a plan. That would be another reason because, in essence, the baby would then be abandoned and you can't have an abandoned baby. Right. So those are just some of the reasons that CPS may get called from the hospital. So after they get called from the hospital... At that point, CPS will come out to the hospital and they will do an investigation and they will determine what is going to happen next. If there is an adoption plan and the birth mother wants to proceed with her adoption plan, then in the majority of cases, we're always going to speak in generalities because there's always the one-off cases or what have you, most of the time the caseworkers will say, okay, then there's no reason for us to take custody of the baby because the baby is not going home with birth mom, but they will have us uh, submit the consents to them. We have to show them that we have the power of attorney over the baby. And so we work at that point directly with CPS. It's not that they just leave the hospital and say, okay, hey. And so if a family was to take the baby home before the 72 hour mark, And the birth mother changed her mind. At that point, what happens is, and doesn't sign consents, then we have to go and pick up the baby from the adoptive family and hand the baby over to CBS. Now, how often does that happen? Uh, I have seen it happen in our agency. I can just speak on behalf of our agency. Uh I have seen that happen where the baby was with the family and we had to return the baby to CBS two or three times in 16 years. Okay. So not not often, but more than you'd like anyway. Exactly. One would be more than I would like. Yep. Again, we have to work with DCS. We're on their timeline. So 
a birth mother can sign as early as 72 hours. Obviously, if she's under the influence of any medication or substance, we cannot have her sign until she is of sound mind and not under the influence of any external substances. Mm -hmm. So that can delay the signing. But DCS wants those consents right away. And so it's not something that we can drag our feet. I mean, at 72 hours, they're calling us asking for us to send the consents. They want the consents. But as an agency, if a birth mother has chosen adoption and she says to the DCS worker, no, no, I'm doing my adoption plan. At that point, we have seen them back off. And like I said, let us uh, take, you know, continue to, to work the case. And then we cooperate with DCS. And we have seen birth mothers really struggle. Sometimes you, you can have a, a birth mother with the most solid of adoption plan and DCS comes in. And it used to be the case where if a birth mother tested positive or baby tested positive, no matter what, at that point, really, the baby wasn't going home with, with mom. And, and we had found that at that point, it was almost like, okay, well, if, if DCS gets involved, then her adoption plan, you know, it, it almost builds a stronger case for her to proceed with it. But that has since changed with all of the, you know, family first, family reunification and so that is not always the case anymore. So what is family first and family reunification? Family reunification and family first are pretty much the same. They, they've retitled it. Uh-huh. Basically, they are trying to, as a state, do everything they can to preserve the family unit. So even if they have to take custody of the baby or they do allow a birth mother who is drug exposed to take the baby home. It's, you know, with a safety monitor, a 24 hour safety monitor in the home. It is trying a reunification plan. That's something we're going to talk about in a little bit, but right. in a nutshell, it is the hoops that a birth mother will then have to jump through in order to reunify with her baby. Because if you have a newborn, the amount of time that you have to get your act together and comply with the requirements that the state has imposed is shorter because they don't want to keep a newborn in the state custody. They want the newborn to be in a permanent home. That makes sense. In looking at this, when a birth mother has an adoption plan in place, Uh the question is why would a birth mother who has chosen an amazing adoptive family has been in the program, why would they choose CBS? Right. What are the positives and negatives of choosing CPS over an adoption plan. How can the agency or attorney avoid this confusing predicament that the birth mother has been put in? And why does DCS even get involved if there's an adoption plan in place? And the other, the last question that we're going to address as we go on into these two podcasts are in CPS place with the adoptive family that was matched with that the birth mother had chosen, even if the birth mother chooses to work with CPS. So we're going to really tackle a lot of these issues because I think it's really important to understand how this works. You know, as an agency and as an agency director, I will tell you that I am still learning every day. Uh, We do try to, you know, get as much training on their policies and procedures as we can. Mm -hmm. Part of the issue is there is a high turnover in the safety workers, if we would call them, the CPS safety workers. And that being said, when you're working with a new person, it seems like almost every time that's very hard because everybody has their own 
style and approach into how, right. into how they work with adoption agencies and, and birth mothers. So, Well, not to mention each time that you're working with somebody new, you've got to teach them everything that the other person knew before, you know, so it's like starting over again every single time, right? Unfortunately, yes, it is. Yes. And it's very important to make sure that there is consistency on their part because we're trying to follow their lead because obviously they're a state entity. We're, you know, as an adoption agency, we're licensed by the state, but we still have to follow the rules, protocols, and procedures of CPS. So that's, that's the way that it works. So if a birth mother, we're going to start with the first one. Uh, well, let's look at factors too. Factors that would influence a birth mother to choose DCS over her adoption plan, both external and internal. So again, when we're looking at something that is hard to understand, one of the main things that you can do to break it down is to look at the external factors and the internal factors. Uh So what is controllable and what is not? And then that's where variables all come into play. Okay. External factors or variables that may influence a birth mother to choose DCS would be if there was maybe a family member that qualified. So DCS has their qualifications. If there's a family member that is willing to, they still have to pass their background check and so forth. So it's not that they're going to take custody of the baby, place it with a family member or a friend of the birth mother's choosing. That family has to meet certain criteria. And I can't tell you how many times we're waiting, you know, a birth mother is hemming and hawing about does she place with DCS or does she do the adoption? And I mean, she's grasping at straws. I mean, she's calling, you know, uh, her second grade teacher, sister's mom's uh, best friend, trying to find some, some link. That's hard for an adoptive family because in their mind, they're thinking, hey, wait a minute, you know, we've stood by you and we've been going on this adoption journey with you. Right. And we don't, we don't want to be a default choice. We want to be your first choice. And that's hard to understand. So if there is a family member that maybe the birth mother did not realize would have stepped up and they meet the criteria, that may be a reason. If they have a family member that has her other children and she wants to place with them, sometimes just the way that the reunification plan, which is essentially the description of what a birth mother has to do in order to regain custody of her child. If it is phrased in such a way that it sounds very doable, then a birth mother who came into an adoption program thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to parent my child anyway, and then listens to, you know, maybe a new unseasoned uh, CPS worker who's saying, oh, yeah, all you got to do is this, this, this. You can do this. You got this, girl. You got this. Rather than reality of, it's a little bit harder than that. Right. These are things that you need to do. So that's another. So again, it can just be the wording and the understanding of the way something is presented. Sometimes, unfortunately, a hospital social worker or a hospital nurse may not be pro-adoption. And when DCS comes in, she may have some, you know, influence saying, hey, you know, maybe you can get your baby back. You know, this is your baby. You want to be a mom? Like, and that's really hard uh-huh. because to not recognize what a beautiful and motherly choice adoption is can be very offensive. 
The other reason that, uh, or another factor or variable that, that may influence a birth mother to choose DCS would be maybe a friend or family member or even themselves who had a child taken into custody and then returned to them. Internally, if DCS shows up at the hospital, a birth mother may have a mated an adoption plan because she believed in her soul that DCS was going to show up anyway. Uh-huh. And this way he would have control over the family the baby went to and an open adoption and, and so forth. And she may not understand that she would be given an option to parent through reunification if she, if she chose to do so. Another internal factor would be the feeling that the baby was removed out of her control and she willingly didn't in parentheticals give her child away. Right. So we don't like that terminology, but that is unfortunately a lot of the terminology that's still used out in society and on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, also with CPS removing the baby, she will have the ability to commiserate with her friends or, or, or people that are in her circle that they took her baby to. Right. So she's part of that, that group. And there are things that agencies and attorneys can do to try to prevent the element of surprise to get a deeper understanding of where the birth mother is to make sure that the birth mother going into the hospital really understands the ramifications of what can happen if you choose DCS and you are not able to complete your reunification plan and you, and you fall short, like what really lies out there. And that's where we'll pick it up next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with why some birth mothers choose CPS or DCS over adoption, part two. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.